Welcome to another episode of the Ambry Podcast. Today, we're sitting with Julia Laurenestis, profit strategist and equity bookkeeper. Please tell me I pronounced your last name correctly. Yes, you did very well. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you take a moment and just introduce the audience to you, your business and what you do? Sure. I am Julia. I am the CEO of Profit and Equity. And we are a cash flow strategy and bookkeeping firm. We really focus on the cash flow piece of the business and for our clients, making sure that their cash flow supports their business growth and goals. Wonderful. Let's dive right in about cash flow, finance, business um, for the small business and entrepreneur. What financial numbers should be regularly checked to understand the health of their business for you know, these small business and entrepreneurs that are just getting started. Absolutely. The bottom line is obviously the most popular one. And that is actually the last line of your profit and loss statement, which is your net profit. And that's why it's called the bottom line. That is basically telling you how much money you actually made in your business in whatever period you're looking at. Um, That is kind of like the heartbeat of your business. That's the first vital sign that you should always be looking at and making sure you have a good pulse. The other ones would obviously be your revenue is a big one. You want to know how much money you're making in any time period and also your equity. A lot of people don't realize that the equity is not always reflected uh, the way they think it is on their P&Ls. So sometimes those numbers can look a little bit different than what is really going on in your bank account. And for those that have, that are just now starting their business um, and those that have been in business for just a little while, that they really haven't had time to get a system down where they're even getting profit and loss statements or P&Ls. They're not even sure where to find their bottom line. Um, What advice would you have for them to get started? The first thing I would say is you shouldn't have a bank account without a checkbook. You should also not have a business account without a bookkeeping platform. There are free options out there. There are low cost options out there. One of the ones we recommend to our clients regularly is wave apps. It's free. It's fairly user friendly. It will generate your profit and loss for you without too much overthought involved or training involved. And it is pretty simple to get started. They walk you through a lot. Um, it's completely free and you get your reports. And it's called Wave Apps? Wave Apps. Yep. W-A-V-E-A-P-P-S. And now once they get the system in place, they finally got a good handle on the finance aspect of their business. How can they manage their company's money effectively to keep that company running smoothly? Biggest thing is to make sure that every dollar has a job in your company. That simply means that when you have revenue coming in, you're breaking it apart and kind of assigning it certain areas of your company. This much goes for taxes, this much goes for owner's pay, operations, savings, whatever the goals in the company are, making sure that you're being proactive about managing your money instead of being like, oh, we need to hire somebody. Let's try to dredge up an extra $10,000 a month. doesn't work that way. It's not just going to magically be there. (laughs) Right. So not magically there. And those that are just starting out or those that are finally taking a good hard look at their finances, maybe for the first time, um, Mm -hmm. they might find that they need 
funding or they need an influx of, of cash, what requirements would you suggest a business have in place to have funding um, be a viable option or a good idea for them? And if it is, um, how would they even find their funding and decide which one is best for them? So this is a really big question. This is something that many people spend a lot of time on. And there are certainly plenty of professionals out there who deal strictly just with this question. Angel investors are always a huge piece of startups. There are so many websites you can go to that will match you to angel investors and things like that. I don't even know any off the top of my head. There's also um, lines of credit, obviously credit cards, small business loans. Um, the uh, Small Business Association has a lot of grants and loans that they give out to help business owners start up. And there's um, also things like family investors and things like that. If you had the means to pitch to a rich uncle or something like that, um, and they might be willing to help out and return on investment, that type of thing. It's really what you make it. And that's the beautiful part of owning a business is you get to make the rules. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that they can go to the bank, um, that they've most likely opened their business checking account, savings account with, and uh, investigate if there's a possibility for line of credit for their business. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might be leaving that on the table. Um, but if they are looking for funding and they're not looking at angel investors, um, maybe they don't have a rich uncle <laughs> to pitch to, or they, they've not really um, met requirements to get a line of credit, um, but they might find themselves needing to be in a loan. But what is that right balance for them, but, you know, between entertaining and using loans for their business or bringing in investors to finance their business? We typically have a bunch of different margins that we look at to mm. establish what is the most liability that your business can tolerate before it becomes in the red. Um, you know, obviously you do not want to spend more in monthly payments than you can possibly make. That would not make sense. I think that's pretty evident. But you also don't want to invest away more of your company than you can retain yourself. Mm. What I mean by that is you want to make sure that you're always retaining at least 55% ownership. If you hit that 45% mark, you're, you're looking at loans only at that point forward if you don't have enough money at that point. Um, and that's kind of the, the most that we would recommend. A lot of business owners wouldn't be comfortable with even a 25% uh, given away for investors. And it really just depends on where your comfort level is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we say financially, you want to make sure you want to retain at least 55% ownership. If and you have a business partner, that can look a little different too. Yeah. So it depends on what kind of business that you're really in an individual um, sole proprietorship, or are you in a partnership? What about those that aren't um, an LLC. What, what about those that are not, they're using their social, they don't have a tax identification number um, and they're doing consultancy or um, maybe they're coaching, um, whatever that looks like, but they're not, they're not in a position to give away any percentage of their business. 
Right. You are um, limited to investors who are not looking for a share. And obviously loans and lines of credit are a big thing. Grants from the SBA are another big thing. Uh, I do work with a lot of DBAs and LLCs that do not have EINs because they've never had to employ anybody, which is really the basis of having an EIN. So it really, it's how you build your business, what your model is, how you want to grow your business. Do you intend on having employees in the next five years? And you don't really need an EIN. If mm. you're ready to hire the first year, then that's probably one of the first things you should look at and how to protect yourself and your company. I do have some DBAs who have an EIN employees. I don't typically recommend that. This is a unique case. We are working to get her to an LLC as soon as possible to protect those assets and make sure that if anything happens with her employees, it's not going to come back and take out her husband's boat. <laughs> right. And I mean, this also means if you've hired an assistant, if you've hired someone that you are paying, that's not mm -hmm. a contractor, right? That's not a, exactly. got it. And while we're on the topic of um, employee, non-employee, you should have an LLC protecting your assets. What are the main financial risks for someone's business and how can they reduce them? Risk is always part of being an LLC. I was actually just having this conversation with a client yesterday. She's debating on a risky maneuver right now. And I said, well, bottom line, you're a business owner. You're already taking a huge risk just having a business. There's no guarantees. What you can do to protect it, obviously having an LLC is a big part of it. Um, having savings is a big part of it. That's the cash flow management piece, making sure that your taxes are always a consideration in everything you look at and being able to cover the expenses before you make them is a huge thing. If you're going to take a loan, if you know you, if you're starting a construction company or a landscaping company, and you know, you have a bunch of equipment to buy, you buy enough for the one person who's working with you. And you work that until you have enough to buy the next piece. And then you work that until you have the next. So you don't necessarily try to bite off more than you can chew at any one given point in your business. You plan ahead for each step instead of just being like, I'm going to take out a $50,000 loan and have no way of knowing whether I can pay it. That's a risky move. It's a very big risky move. What I, I'm curious, what is your response to those that are steadfast in the belief that you have to spend money to make money? I say that owning a business is spending money. No matter how, how small or little your, your business is, you're spending money to make money. It's just in the facts. You cannot, no client is going to pay you up front for nothing. It just doesn't happen that way. So when people say that to me, I always ask them what that really means to them. Because their idea of what it means to spend money may be taking out that $50,000 loan. And they think that's the only way they're going to get there. And then I can offer them some alternatives. If their, own, if their idea of spending money is simply marketing, which a lot of people focus on, and it's not always the answer to growth. So it really is meeting them where they are. <laughs> I have to say you're, you're very comfortable to talk to. It's like judgment-free zone. This is a very complex topic. And I think when most people are just starting out in business um, and they have this great idea, 
especially um, when it's a small business or a consultancy, they're very excited. And finance is such a complex issue and kind of a downer a little bit if you're not making the money. And you you make it very easy to talk about. This is This is wonderful. So when we're talking about, okay, mitigating the financial risks and you're getting your ducks in a row and you've getting your funding in a row um, and you have your software and you are looking at how the cash is flowing through your business. Now you get to a point where you can start doing forecasts and budgets. How can those help plan for the future? You know, I always say to people, unless you have a crystal ball that works, there really is no way to forecast. There are models that we can look at. There's all these formulas that we can build and this huge graph that comes up that shows how things are supposed to go. You, you know, you plan with the best of intentions, but the real strength in managing your cash flow is being able to pivot when you need to and mm-hmm. being able to pull from other sources to address the fire or the emergency or the catastrophe that just happened. We had a client whose dryer completely died on her and this is a necessary piece of equipment for her business to run smoothly so you know we had to do some quick rearranging in her her savings plan pull some money out of her savings which was saving up for something else ship the dryer out to get repaired before it came back the next dryer blew but because we had a plan in place because we were able to say okay if we had to replace both these dryers tomorrow what would it cost you And we were able to build up her savings account, not totally to where she needed to be because we weren't there yet, but because we had started that plan, we were able to address those costs without setting her business back financially. That is such a great example. Being able to ask the right questions at the onset so that you can segment and plan for what might happen, I think is, is so important. Anbree is thrilled to present a new community crafted exclusively for you. Elevate your business game with a powerhouse combination of knowledge, networking, and personalized support. Connect with a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs and small business owners who share your passion. Exchange ideas, collaborate on exciting ventures, and propel each other's growth to new heights. Our interactive workshops led by industry experts cover the full spectrum of marketing, finance, branding, and beyond. Experience the magic of a weekly live kickoff call with Anbree to guide you through streamlining processes, overcoming obstacles, and securing those well-deserved wins. Together, we'll conquer challenges, offer advice, and celebrate victories, making the journey all the more rewarding. Ready to soar? Join the Anbree Village today and unlock a treasure trove of benefits designed to skyrocket your business success. Register now at Anbree.com and be part of this extraordinary journey. Your business deserves nothing less than greatness. Let's make it happen together. I want to circle back to investments and projects for um, business owners and entrepreneurs. And when they're looking at their cash flow, when they're looking at profits, when they're looking at just their finance, financial health of their business, if they're entertaining, um, taking on a project or investment for their business, how will they figure out if it will be profitable for their business to do so? So that's an amazing question because rate of return is on everybody's mind. They want to make sure that what money they spend, they're actually making money for it. That whole spend money to make money thing. 
Mm-hmm. And the investments is a, a big playground for that, as well as projects and um, things like that. Some people are very project oriented in their business. Other people are not, but they take on investments and to grow their business. Um, and the hardest part about that is it does depend on those budgets and forecasts that we talked about and really looking into what could happen and what are you doing to make that happen? So the could happen is the forecast, making it happen is the budget and how well you can stick to that. So when you make your budget, you're really looking at how much can I spend in my business versus on my business. And when I look at my investments, that's one of the key things I'm looking at. Now, no investor is going to look at you unless you're making money. So if you're spending all your money just to keep the business alive, to keep that bottom line just enough positive that you feel comfortable, but not inflated. A lot of people don't feel comfortable leaving money in their business. And they think they have to spend it all on their owner's pay so that they don't have to pay taxes. And they end up in this vicious cycle of not being able to get investors because they're not making any money because they're paying it all to themselves so they don't have to pay taxes. That that (laughs) does seem like a very vicious. It is very vicious. So you really do have to make your, your business attractive to investors and you have to be making money to be able to do that. So it seems counterproductive and counterintuitive that why would I need investors if I'm making money? Investors are not for growing your business. Investors are for scaling your business. Hmm. So when you're ready for this huge uptick in your business, like you want to hire five more people because you're opening up a new location or you just t- uh, decided to take on a whole new region for your landscaping company and you need you know, five more trucks and more equipment. It's a huge influx of cash that you need. That's when you want to look at investors. When you're so, just expanding slowly, that's growth. That's growth. So when, when people are hearing the word investors, I believe truly that mm-hmm. everyone's hearing something different. And, and fitting their own definition on what an investor of a business looks like. Can you help us settle on a definition? What's an investor of a business? Absolutely. So there's really two kinds of investors. And the official investor is someone who comes, provides a certain amount of funds for a certain amount of return. They want to make a rate of return on their investment as well. Nobody's going to give you money if they're not going to make something off of it. So they give you $200,000 and expect that they're going to get $400,000 back Mm -hmm. because you've made $800,000 with their $200,000. Right. So that's how the give and take works. There's the other kind of investor is a little bit different. Um, It's kind of what I call the psychological investors. They're the people who keep you on the right path the business coaches, the financial coaches, the consultants, uh, the project managers, the people who come in and give their time and their sweat and their knowledge. And that is what they are investing in your company to make your company more than what you paid them. That is often overlooked. Hmm. How can these established businesses protect their business financially and stay strong? One of the things that I strongly recommend all of my business owners to do is build a vault. And I call it a vault because you build it and then you, you leave it alone and you forget it's there. 
I've had some clients where we did this when we first started and it took them a year to build it. And then the second year we went back to that account and we said, Hey, look, it started at 10,000. Now it's at 10,200 because of the, you know, the interest and, you know, the little bit that you've managed to shuffle in there when nobody was looking and that type of stuff, it can continue to grow. It doesn't have to stay at six months. You can now build it to a year if you want Hmm. or more. And they look at that and they kind of consider what else would I want to do with that money? And it gives them a lot of options that they didn't think that they had. So it's always a win-win. Well, my final question for you is in a business, Mm -hmm. when should someone talk to someone like you? Is it before a dollar is made or after that first dollar is made? Ideally before. I think everybody could use a little bit of brushing up on their financial skills before they endeavor to start a business or something of that kind. That said, a lot of business owners don't find themselves in hot water until two, three, five years down the road when they realize that stuff is not going the way they thought it would. (laughs) A lot of people come to me at that point too. So it really is whenever you feel like the finances are no longer something you can manage. They've grown into a beast that is just looming over you that you're either trying to ignore until it goes away, which never happens, or that you've tried to deal with and you're just exhausted. You have no idea what else to do. Well, so guys, you've heard it. If you've not made a single dollar yet in your business or you're five years down the road and you're stressing out about the dollars in your business, then you need to reach out to Julia Lauren Estes. Now, can you tell people how they can do that? Absolutely. I We have a website, profitandequity.com. Uh, it's spelled out. And we also have a phone number that they can call. It is 508-821-6667. Perfect. And all of the contact information is also going to be in the Anbury podcast episode guide um, and in the show notes. So, Julia, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. It is a very tender subject for a lot, a lot of people. Um, But you've been absolutely amazing, Jacqueline. I had so much fun talking to you. I love talking about this stuff. So it's really great talking to somebody else who loves it. But it's just so much fun to see people light up when they realize that there is an answer out there. I love it. I love it. We're going to definitely have you back on the show, I hope. If you still have financial questions about your business, you can ask Julia one-on-one in the Anbury Village. Her Village Talk is scheduled to take place Tuesday, August 8th at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern. You can sign up for your seven-day free trial at the Anbury Village at anbrwy.com and just uh, click join the village. All right. Hope to see you there. Thanks.